0: July 14th, 2022, we're in Masechet, Sanhedrin, and and uh, we'll start two lines from the top. The Gemara, if you recall, was in the midst of this Derasha. the Pasuk says that Boaz gave to Ruth six seorim, and the Gemara explained it can't mean six large bundles of uh, barley, because how would a woman, how would anyone carry such an amount? Ela, rather, says the Gemara, three lines from, two lines from the top, three words onto the line, remez ramazla, what Boaz was, almost prophetically uh, hinting to her in that moment, was She's going to have, says the Gemara, six important descendants uh, to whom each will have six important Berachot. They'll have six quality traits, six uh, attributes about them that will set them apart from others. Who are these six unique descendants? David, Umashiach, Daniel, Halanya Mishael, Azariah. Of course, the reason it's being mentioned, now we understands We were talking about Halanya Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel. So, of course, those are four of these six descendants of Ruth, says the Gemara. Ruth is going to have these, and each of them will have six Berachot. Now the Gemara will set out to detail the six Berachot that each one of them would have. David, Dekhtib. Here's the pasuk with regards to David. We began reading ate this flesh of the lion, the this advisor of Shaul HaMelech, turning to Shaul, uh, puts on a scene. On the one hand, he's talking to Shaul as if he's going to help him. Here's an individual who can bring down your spirit, uh, raise you up to the place where you should be. On the other hand, Doeg is looking at David, understanding his quality traits by enumerating and mentioning them all to Shaul, suggests the Gemara, suggests Rab Judah, in the name of Rav. He's really hoping that Shaul will take it out on David, which... As I mentioned, I'm not certain exactly how that would help the scene. although maybe Doeg doesn't want to save Shaul, he just wants some action, take down the people that threaten him as well. Anyway, says the Gemara, if you paid careful attention to all those descriptions, there were six of them, and (coughs) instead of taking them at face value, although you should as well, let's be doresh and understand them in the context of David HaMelech being this bastion of Talmud Torah, the individual, the person. Who stood for serious Torah halachal ma'aseh. He says the Gemara Yode'a Nageem sheYode'a Gibor sheYode'a Hashiv. First and foremost, he knew how to ask questions. He was able to notice. He picked up on realities that were askew situations that didn't seem perfect you knew how to ask the appropriate question in turn once you have the appropriate question it's uh half the answer is the appropriate question or maybe more than that is the appropriate question he was yodeh ala that's what the next word in the pasuk is giburah His audacity, his ability to be strong, was his ability to give answers. What does it mean that he was a man of war? Not only was he perhaps had a certain internal or external strength with regards to his arms and sword and so forth, and slingshot, I guess, as it was. But he furthermore knew how to engage in the milhamtash of Torah. The hachamim in several places referred to the give and take, the dialogue of Torah, as the milhamtash of Torah. Enter into until today a Midrash and watch two young men, or even old men, yelling at one another. This is something which spans back to the time of the Gemara. The Gemara describes it as a war. You see them fighting for truth. That's the Melchamta Shel Torah. The Gemaraim Masechet Kiddushin describes how Father and Son, Rabbi and his student, seems as if they're oyevim Zelaze, they're fighting with one another until they finish, and then it is... Vahev besufat, pasuk in his week's parasha, have a certain love and kindness for one another. Once you arrive at a conclusion, once you finish that milham shel Torah, you walk out embracing one another. Again, if you've experienced it, if you've watched it, or been a part of it, you'll understand that that's the milham tash el Torah, the third. Vadonai imo. What does it mean that God was with David? So you might say he had a certain presence in his life, says the hachamim shehalacha kamoto. You should know it's a reference to the fact that God was with him to the extent that the halacha would be determined by him. Does that mean because of his godliness? the Chachamim would very much ward us away from such a notion. The has that famous story of Tanush El where the punchline is It's not because of God's word in my mouth per se that the Halakha is determined by me, but it is by my inspired mind, my ability to tap into God's wisdom that the Halakha will be like me. In fact, Torah in the eyes of the Chachamim is very often envisioned for good reason as Devarah, it's the words of God. Even the words that you speak when you describe Torah, those are the words of God. You're tapping into intellect and into knowledge at its core. That's the halakha kamoto bechol makom. Says the Gemara bekulehu on all of these matters. All right, the, the parentheses will here. Add in. I'm sorry. So these two are references to his understanding, uh, his his mm-hmm. ability to understand, means he could understand one matter and then derive others from it, that's what we call again Bina, I've told you more than once with my, my, my meeting with Chacham Baruch before I got Bar Mitzvah, he told me I shouldn't just be a Hakam, I should be a Navon as well, because a Navon beyond the Chacham, a Chacham has encyclopedic knowledge, you just know a lot, and Navon knows how to apply and realize my knowledge from here and figure it out in other circumstances. That's Medin Davar Davar. He was an o- Ishtoa, that sounds like he was good looking. Sha'ul was also very good-looking, the Pesukim tell us. His vision, his good-lookingness, was the way he found things and saw them in Halacha, says the Gemara. Okay, so those are the six important attributes of David HaMelech, the six attributes, six Berachot, as a descendant of Ruth that he had. So the Gemara, you should know, about five of them Sha'ul shrugged off. Five of these, Sha'ul heard them and he was like, yeah, all right, my son has the same thing, I have the same thing. When it came to the sixth one, however, that's where Sha'ul felt most threatened. Again, the circumstances, David being described to Sha'ul and the rabbis reconstructing what took place. Sha'ul was okay, he's smart, so am I, so is my son. He has an ability to determine... So do I. So does my son. When it came to that last one, though, Hashem imo, shehalacha kamoto bechom makom, it's over there that he paused and he says, says the Gemara Bekulehu And all of the first five Berachot Sha'u responded to doeg, Yehonatan benikamohu. You know something? Not only me, but even my son is just like him. Of course, Yonatan is an important individual. But even my son, of course, he means by extension himself, kevan Amal le'v Hashem imo. Once the, uh, the, the words of Doeg to Shaul about David were God is with him, and that man, halacha that was a milta, a, a matter. Dide means him, he himself, Shaul, did not possess halacha kamotobechomakom, did not possess the Hashemimo. As a result, halash da'ate means a weakness of mind and of spirit Shaul is let down Every if you walked in and you're describing to me another rabbi although I shouldn't be was, uh, although I shouldn't be if I'm comparing myself to and I'm saying alright this oh, I can do that as well this, that. and then you describe something about him he's got a full head of hair and in that matter I can't even come close so, so in our context therefore And he is jealous of David. Says the Gemara, how do you know that David has halacha kamotam bechol makom and Shaul doesn't? Well, first and foremost, if halacha is kamotam bechol makom, well, it can't be that they're both halacha that we're following them. But says the Gemara, we have pesukim. The bechol What a terrible pasuk. It says about Shaul, everywhere he turned... He did wicked. He did bad. All right, can't get worse than that. Everywhere he turned, he was successful. Now, The interesting thing about this is, this Pasuk does not exist. There are no words in our Tanakh which say, What we do have are the words that we read in Havdalah, and that is and as a result if you look on the side in my Gemara I imagine yours as well there's a little letter bit that says we don't have such a pasuk in our Tanakh and our words, the extension of that pasuk, and and, and the reference then of "maskil" is a success. Sometimes haskalah in the words of the of the Torah, means success. So anyway, that's the contrast between Shaul and David. Whereas Shaul is unsuccessful in the eyes of the rabbis and it's determining halacha. David is very successful. What's it determined by, significantly? By the Hashem Is there a God presence amongst you. How does that mean? Is God the one who's determined the halakha? Certainly not. God is the one with whom you're determining halakha. You're tapping into the truth of God's words. Says the Gemara, how do you know that this whole pasuk was said by this fellow? We said earlier, doeg. They have this long description of David. That's what we've been reading. And the Gemara said all of this was said by Doeg as Lashon Hara. Who said it was Doeg? What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says it was a Had mehan It was one of the young men. Who said that was Doeg? There were many young men uh, dealing with and uh, and serving the king. Who said it was Doeg? says the Gemara, Minalan did Doeg Hava. How do you know that it was Doeg? Minalan is a compound word. Minalan, from where to us. Says the Gemara, Ketiv On the one hand, this pasuk says, Pasuk says, "One of the helpers, one of the young men." It doesn't say a young man. It says one of the young men. And the Gemara is Doresh that Hadne'arim, the heh is one of the important young men, the most distinguished amongst the young men. That's how it reads it. instead of just one of the young men. It's The one of the young man. Who's the one of the young man? Well, it's the most important person among Shaul. Doeg is known as He was the strongest And the, the f- most fierce The highest level of the Roim Of quote unquote The shepherds of the leaders In the kingdom of Shaul Which means to say again Piecing these two Pesukim together One Pasuk says The most important amongst the men The other Pasuk describes Doeg As effectively being the most important amongst the men. I did find, interestingly, there's a biography of Chachamov Adiyah Yosef published in the last several years. It's known as Abir Haroim. It's a beautiful name to describe him as such. The only problem is the description in the Navi of that individual is Doeg. So I don't know. It's a beautiful description of being an important shepherd who has strength and knows how to lead his people. But you're sharing that, uh, that description, that title with Doeg. All right, so it goes. Anyway, maybe he's a tikkun. Anyway, says the Gemara onward, Mashiach. And the the Gemara said earlier, one of those six children, six descendants of Ruth was Mashiach. The first was David, the second was Mashiach. What's Mashiach? That's right, Mashiach, like what you think about. uh, Sefer Yeshayah in several places refers to this Mashiach. We're describing him as Mashiach, but it describes him in more than one case as an individual who's going to lead the people and is imbued with all sorts of important quality traits and characteristics. Mashiach we're going to be focused specifically on Sefer Yeshayah Perek Yod Aleph so there it is again this Mashiach will have Ruach Hashem. Why is he known as Mashiach? Or, uh, when Mashiach is an anointment. If he's going to serve as the king, he too will be anointed. That's how we do it traditionally. According to the Torah, you anoint the king, you anoint the Kohen Gadol with oil. Mashiach. Says, says the Pasuk, He'll have that rests upon him, the, the, the wind, the spirit of God. What will that in turn give him, this Mashiach? Ruach Ubinah, knowledge, intellect, ruach the ability to prefer the uh, advice, Ugvura, a certain adversity and strength, ruach da'at, da'at, as we've discussed in the past, is somehow the application of the knowledge to the world, the ha-shem, and fear of God, those are six, it starts with ruach Hashem, and in turn there are six quality traits, which is, of course, what we said earlier, Boaz gives those six se'orim, about six children, descendants, who are going to have six berachot. Those are the six berachot. Now the Gemara says, once we're talking about Mashiach, not that we're going to develop and understand it that much more, but let's understand a little bit more about Mashiach with regards to what the Pasuk immediately afterwards there in Perek Yod Aleph of Yeshaya says, Uchtiv v'harichoh b'irat Hashem. The Pasuk says, and he will smell with the fear of God. Quite a description for any individual, but what does it mean? What does it mean to smell with fear? Amar Rabbi Alexandri Milamed misvot kerehaim. Instead of reading the word Bahariho as smell, it reads it as Rehani. Rehani is Rehaim, millstones. If you've ever been to ancient places in Israel, not too ancient, several thousand years old, and you see the excavations and you see that they had millstones. That's what they would use. These millstones are huge. They're very heavy. They're made out of stone that got away at least a ton. They're very, very dense and heavy. As a result, the description is that this individual will somehow be burdened by Rehari. What does that mean? What does that mean that he's going to be burdened by this heaviness? The description in turn of the Gemara is Nisurim and Mitzvot so to speak he'll bear the burden of both the Righteous deeds of Am Yisrael as well as the torture and suffering that is to come to them. The Gemara will yet have opportunity to describe to us this Yisurim facet which we mentioned at an earlier junction. Which of course is what Christianity picked up on and highlighted very much. That the Messiah will be the individual, the person who bears the burden of our suffering and torture. There is a little bit of reference in it, even in the Verchachamim, perhaps a little bit in Nabi as well. It's what they made their centerpiece. But that's what a reference over here is to when it talks about Yisurim. What's mitzvot? Apparently the righteous deeds as well. After all, Mashiach is coming in some ways, because of the character traits of the people. That's a description then that has nothing to do with smell, the harichot. The harih of Melech and Mashiach is rather the heaviness. The denseness that's on his shoulders, so to speak. Rava alternatively says, Oh, and said, and the Pasuk said he's going to smell. Don't turn it into a millstone. Don't turn it into some sort of grinding situation. It rather means smell. Who are you talking about, smell? Rava amar dimorach v'da'im. He will smell and judge. The way Rashi interprets this is the second word is da'in. He will judge. Based on smell, meaning with such ease, it'll be organic and natural to him, smell and determine. Smell and determine without having to quote-unquote rack his brains and try to delve into it deeper. He'll be imbued with the knowledge, with the ability to. You come in front of him, you ask him a question, he smells it out immediately. Yad includes over here, and maybe appropriately so, the aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. The smell over here is perhaps associated with, and the word vaddain, instead of vidda'in, and Hiljaj, Yad Ramah, Bime'ir suggests that that word is Milashon he who have a certainty about everything. Where is that certainty emerging from? It's emerging from a Ruach HaKodesh of sorts, which of course provokes the question that the Mephashim do ask over here. If we're dealing with Ruach HaKodesh and we're dealing with His judgment, how is that appropriate? A few moments ago, I told you in the class, we determine Halakha not based on God's injection into our minds, but rather on our application. Lo it we determine... It it in, the six in six attributes that he has, he has Ruach HaShem, but now we're describing his judgment emerging from it. Right. So that'll, be the, so that'll be, for example, the Rashi approach to the matter. He's able to, pierce, to piece it together. But is that what, in other words, if you're, if you're reading this, I got you. If you're reading this, though, as, if you're reading this, though, as, this though as that's all, I'm with you. And, I, and I'll read it that way. Yad Ramah is reading it as, it's God determining. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. It's your determining based on the qualities which are imbued by God. It's you tapping into godliness. I'm getting too philosophical. <laughs> Sounds like for Yad Ramah it's coming externally, which Haram Bam might never have when it comes to Nivua. Anyway, there is a debate and discussion, if I remember correctly, with regards to... Would we accept, quote-unquote, to determine reality? Not to determine ritual and halakha, asur and muta, but is this, quote-unquote, taref or not? Taref is a reality. It's a reality check. Maybe over there we would tap into godliness. Maybe it's only when we're dealing with the application that we say in the Oba Anyway, The Pasuk says, he won't, based on his eyes, nor, the Pasuk continues, based on his ears, determine halakha, or determine the Deen, rather based on his smell, as we mentioned just two classes ago. And we'll very briefly mention again smell in this context as it is in nature, in the biological world, and certainly in the Torah, when we talk about Reach Miha and other such circumstances, represents the most genuine side of anything. The smell that we possess is the most direct, I've read and been told more than once, with regards to our perceived senses. Whereas eyes and nose have to run through different parts of our, of our being. For example, if you're, if you're, if you're hearing something, it, it runs through all sorts of different sensors until it makes its way right to your brain and is interpreted. Smell is the most direct in that respect. As a result, you're tapping into the truth in the most pristine sense. That's the smell in this context. There is amongst the Mekubalim this tradition that Ariza or Durya, was able to, much as Melech smell out the circumstance. Each person would have a distinct smell. He'd be able to understand you based on your smell. As I mentioned, has Re'e Hasadeh Adonai. It's the smell which somehow is for him. Yes, his eyes are impaired, able for him to determine the truth in that moment. To describe Melech HaMashiach as being able to smell and determine is describing Melech HaMashiach as being able to arrive at truth in an immediate, unadulterated fashion. Okay, The Pasuk describes how Melech HaMashiach Will judge, of course, not the way we envision Melech Hamashiach uh, in the general sense. We envision him as coming in on his horse and I don't know, dominating. Instead, the pesukim here in Yeshayah describe him as judging. What's he going to do? He's going to judge (laughs) the dalim, righteousness to the poor and impoverished. He's furthermore (laughs) he's going to be (laughs) he's going to set forth straightness. Says the Gemara, let's talk about that for a moment in context of history. How so? History, we've had several false messiahs, several individuals whom we accepted as Mashiach and turned out, of course, to be failed Mashiach. Who's the, perhaps the most famous in the eyes of the Chachalim? Yeah. Bar-Kochva. you yes, 1600 years later, or 1100 years later, depending on when. But Bar-Kochva, says the Gemara, Bar-Kozibah. Bar-Kozibah is another way of referring to this individual, known as Bar-Kochva. Bar-Kochva is after the destruction of the Mikdash, an opportunity in the eyes of the people of that time period, it's a generation of Rabbi Akiva, to reclaim sovereignty. They wanted the very least, a very least keep Jewish sovereignty in Israel. And here's this individual who seems to be storming forth and leading a rebellion to reclaim that strength in Israel. Bar Koziba, says the Gemara Malach Tartem Sheninu Palga. He was the king in Betar for two and a half years. We have coins. My father-in-law collects coins. He has coins. Bar Kochva coins. Apparently it's not that rare if he owns us. Doesn't spend that much money. Anyways, Bar Kochva coins. So it was, it was a king during for two and a half years. In other words, we're looking at him and we're determining based on him that he's Melech HaMashiach. He turns to the rabbis of that time period and he says, I Mashiach, I am the Messiah. Amru le, they respond to him. it says about Mashiach in Yeshayahu Perik Yod Aleph, Demorach Vadain or Demorach V'Da'im. He can smell and judge. Are you? able to judge? Nechzianan. Let's let's uh, look. LaHazot means to see. Let's see if you can judge by smell. See if you could judge at all. See if you're imbued with the ruach Hashem, uh, Rabbi. Let's see if you can actually figure out the difficult cases that come in front of you. After all, Merkham HaMashiach is not only about strength. It's not only about political savvy uh, uh, approaches not only about uh, knowing how to deal with people, it's about knowing how to judge and understanding the problem. Once they saw that he wasn't able to quote-unquote smell and then judge, in other words, he couldn't judge appropriately, they killed him. Who killed him? The rabbi says the Gemara. That's the second amazing circumstance in our Gemara where Masechet Sanhedrin paints the rabbis as the ones who killed. What was the first Jeffrey? Of course it was Yeshua Nosri. We surprisingly found that Yeshua Nosri was killed by the rabbis in the eyes of the rabbis. He He didn't per se claim to be Mashiach, but we've been killed for thousands of years because the claim has been against the Jews that you killed God. Where we always claimed we didn't. We found in the Gemara at least one passage that we did kill him in Sanhedrin. Okay, we discussed that quite some time ago. But here, you have reference of Bar Kochba, our Mashiach, being killed by us. Not only by us, but by our rabbis. Okay, he's determined to be a false Mashiach. He's determined to be a false Mashiach. In turn, says Rashi, say to Fashim, it's so to speak like a false Navi. A false Navi, the Torah says, you kill is a navi? Well, that brings us back to our conversation a few moments ago. If we're understanding that the morach vidayin is hakodesh it means, he's purporting to have ruach hakodesh, but he doesn't really have it. Keep in mind, he's not able to do it appropriately. But maybe that's what they're catching him on. The interesting thing here is Harambam in Perik of Hilchot Milachim Halacha quotes that Rabbi Akiva was the follower, staunch follower of Bar Kochva. He says, based on Talmud Yerushalmi, he even carried his weapons. In my mind, not to be taken literally. Although I've met, I have met some uh, Torah scholars who had a certain strength. For many years in Yeshiva, I always imagined, I said, listen, it's not such a tragedy that these boys are not in the army. Look at them, they're so skinny, they're pale, they don't have any strength. But I think that they're learning Torah, I don't want them defending my country. And then I sat next to two guys, and these two guys had real, if you knew the Ashkenazic rabbinic world, they had rabbinic last names, real last name, Pedigree, I mean, you know, the, the names, one of them had the name of a former Rosh Yeshiva, you know, his grandson clearly, and these guys were strong and fierce, I stayed at it, I remember once I sat in one of the seats, I, I walked away my tram, I mean, these guys fought in the Chantashil Torah, you know, at its best, uh, so it means that, you know, sometimes the Chachamim I mean, do have a certain strength, I don't know how they've got it, I don't think they were working out, it seemed like they were yelling in the Midrash all day, so it's possible to be Akiva was actually carrying the weapons of Bar but here's the interesting thing, Says Harambam, you want to know how Bar died? He says, Our sins caused the Romans to kill him during that time period. Very different than our Gemara, which says the rabbis killed him. Says Ra'avad, says Harambam, and right there in the glasses, Ra'avad of course, of Pasquier, of, uh, of southern France, Ra'avad asks on What are you talking about? The Gemara says that we killed him, or the rabbis killed him says Kesef Mishneh, as is of course a reality, says they're different Midrashim. Harambam was going based on a different Midrash. Our Gemara has this version, that it was the Hachamim who did so. Harambam is going with another Midrash. Oh Midrash over the Gemara, strange. Says Kesef Mishneh, but you might recall the Gemara just a bit ago, the beginning of our parsha. quoted the opinion of. the opinion of Shemuel. Shemuel said, which means to say that we're not looking at a time period during which, aside for self-sovereignty, that's going to be all that different than this time period. As a result, although our Gemara is talking, perhaps, about Melech <laughs> being imbued with Ruach HaKodesh and Nebuah, Harambam would say nothing of the sort. Harambam following the opinion of Shimuel the Emorah, would say, Melech is going to be an important individual, he's going to be politically savvy. The fact that he won't be able to judge, as the Pesachim seemed to say in a literal sense, Harambam would say that's not something uh, something certainly that you're going to kill him over, and it might not even be the determining factor. I do recall once reading that about Zvi, I'm Tzvi, sure it's a legend, I read this in one of the books that had the statements of Rav Alba, that they caught him sleeping the wrong way in a bed. And one of the rabbis of the time period said, and this is 1665, very much later, they said, ah, you see, he can't be Melech HaMashiach. I'm not certain Rambam would agree with that sleeping the right way is a minhag and perhaps he ought I'm not dealing with an individual that needs to be pristine and perfect per se according to Harambum anyway that's what we have with regards to Bar Kochva, of course, it's an appropriate subject and person to be talking about during this time period as we enter into the three weeks on Sunday. Says the Gemara, but we have others, the descendants of Ruth, six of them, we only mentioned two, who had six Birachot, who are the other four, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azaria. We're going to have one Pasuk which describes all four of them. You might be aware of the fact that the Pesukim and Sefer Daniel describe what happened with these four guys. These four individuals were brought into, by Nebuchadnezzar, by means of his people, to the palace, to the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. They were children, they were going to be raised and reared in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar as true Bavliyim. They were going to learn the language and read, and they did. And, you know, they had all sorts of circumstances situations through that experience. But that's the four individuals we're talking about so that's the context the pasuk is going to describe nebuchadnezzar turning and asking for these types of young men what do i want in these here's what i want says nebuchadnezzar in these children they should have no blemish there's blessing number one. they should be good-looking, they should be smart, all knowledge another type of knowledge and application. apparently another type of intellectual uh, uh, apprehension. Va. And furthermore, I'd like them to have the strength to stand in the palace of the king or the inner chambers of the king, and they should then be able to learn the books and language of the kastim. Well, but wait a second, I got all six of them. One of them's a little bit funny. They should have strength to stand in the kingdom. I don't know. that. So, you know, imagine I should be brilliant, they should have wisdom, they should be good looking, and they should have strength to stand up, I mean that's the issue over here, says the Gemara, my, um, uh, the last narrow line, my, quote, I before that, I'm sorry, what does it mean before before the question that I just raised, what does it mean that they don't have any blemish, uh, it means that they don't have any blemish, says the Gemara, to the extent that they have literally, even a rivda or like a rivda de kosilta she says a rivda de kosilta is a reference to the instrument that was used for drawing blood. When would they draw blood blood historically, even when you had a fever historically? They would draw blood, which means these guys didn't even have a nick in their skin for the place where they drew blood. Never, never even had a fever. They never had any sickness, any cold. That's in by him womb. They didn't even have a scratch on their skin. That's what we're looking for. And that's who they were in the eyes of the Chachamin. Furthermore, the description was they have strength to stand in the palace in the inner chamber of the king. Amar this teaches us, perhaps, that to stand in the inner chamber of the king. They were able to torture themselves. That's Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Mean hashok. They never had any levity when they were internal because of the fear and awe of the king. Umin hasiha. And from shichah betela, from idle chatter. And from extensive sleep. It doesn't mean they didn't sleep at all. But it means when they were in the inner chambers, they didn't, they weren't dozing off. And if they needed to use the bathroom, they would be able to hold it in based on their fear and awe and circumstance and situation. Because of the fear and awe of the kingdom and of the king, in truth, mm-hmm. Rama Rabbi Moshe and in Siman Tafresh in Rosh Hashanah mentions the custom that many Ashkenazim and Chacham Vaday Yosef talks about whether Sfaradim adapted this over the generations or not. Not to sleep on Rosh Hashanah. Of course, it's because of the awe, the Yeme Yirav Afachad Re'adav Harambab, and Peigimal of the Chot Hanukkah that Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are supposed to be. Alternatively, it's because you're in the inner chambers, you're in front of the king on that. day, On those days you're supposed to have that on, no sleeping. Does that mean that we don't sleep? What the poskim right is, if you're sleeping for purposes of strengthening yourself so that you should sleep, if you're sleeping for purposes of just getting a good afternoon nap in, So maybe you don't want to do that on any day, but certainly not in Losh Okay, says the Gemara onward, Vayihyu bahem mi Daniel Hanayam, Yishayim ve'azayam. Basuk describes these four as being mi <speaking> Yehuda. <in Hebrew> that would very much accord with everything we've discussed and described until now. If they're descendants of Ruth and Boaz, they are from Shevet Yehuda. However, says the Gemara, you should know, not everyone agrees to all this. Amar lebi eliezer. Or All four of them were from Bnei Yehuda. That's exactly the same. And we had earlier the six descendants. These are four of them. He would disagree with everything we've been mentioning earlier. He wouldn't have six descendants. Two root. He would have only three. He'd have David, Mashiach, and Daniel. Because Daniel, explicitly in the Pasuk, is from Yehuda. Mishael, Hananiah, Azariah. We don't really know where they came from as a result of how the suggests they weren't at all. Uh, all right, let's pause over here. Baruch Alana Amen, amen.